Hey, uh, hello and welcome to the next episode of the Challenger Tour podcast. Uh, I'm by myself again this week, but actually several people offered up to be co-hosts instead of Andy, whom, uh, who, as I mentioned last week, won't be able to do this anymore with me uh, because of personal reasons. And, you know, big thanks to you guys for all these offers. I actually didn't even ask for it like specifically. I was just asking, you know, what to do with the pod. So it was definitely quite surprising. And I decided to choose one of these guys. Maybe we're not going to spoil it and we're just going to introduce him next week when we're going to have a, a trial episode. Uh, so for now, it's just me again. <laughs> I, uh, there are There is a, a little bit of format change that I would like to introduce. Actually, it was suggested by, by, by our most active listener, Jan. And he, uh, he he suggested something like upset of the week. And I decided to take it a little bit further and maybe do more of the week stuff. I think much of the week and, uh, and upset of the week are definitely something we could choose it's gonna be much more interesting you know when we're when we're gonna do this in in <laughs> when i'm gonna have a, a co-host so that you know, that that way we can discuss and maybe convince each other to uh, to go for a certain peak or not anyhow this is the first week that we're gonna we're gonna try something like that and uh, well let, let's go let's just let's just go to split where there, there was a, a great uh, changer it event played uh, it was an all Slovenian final, which actually happened just for the second time uh, in the whole history of the ATP Challenger Tour. I think it was Zemlia and Pedene back in 2012. Uh, this time it was Blas Kavcic and Blas Rola, so <laughs> they actually even had the same name. Uh, that has to be a very rare occurrence, but uh, also you know, two, the two are really accomplished on the, on the circuit. Uh, Kavcic had 17 titles uh, before this week, and Rola had four. Uh, you know, as we, as you know, Rola managed to to get that that win loss record of his in the finals to five eight. Kavcic has already had 31 Challenger Tour finals, which is absolutely incredible, and also amazing consistency over the years. Uh, obviously, both are you know, quite far f- f- quite far along their in their professional path. Right now, uh, Kavcic is 34, Rola is 30, but they haven't been doing that well uh, since the beginning of the year. Uh, Kavcic even had to qualify for this event, and in the second round against Elias Imer, he had to save two match points. It was absolutely, you know, nerve-wracking, and the way Kavcic saved these match points, I mean, there was one backhand winner up the line, which is always a, a tough shot to make, especially under pressure, but that's actually Kavcic's stronger wing and he's really you know he's really willing to go for it uh, and on the other one Imer actually had a smash uh, well a ball he could smash but he decided to take it on the forehand it actually happened twice and Kavcic uh, got some ridiculous defense defense shot in you know it it, it it was pretty much a moon ball just behind the net and then Imer played another forehand and Kavcic uh, passed him with a, with a stunning backhand again up the line it was just crazy and he brought back to take control of the match he was actually quite a slow starter this week he lost the the first set in three of his matches uh, also in the quarters against Alexander Vukic and in the semis against Kasper Zhuk Uh, but then in the finals he actually came out playing extremely well from the get-go 
uh, to the opener 6.2 it wasn't as you know it wasn't as lopsided as the scoreboard would suggest but Rola really couldn't find the court that much and Kafchi's uh, as I said the backhand is his stronger wing and his counter punching from that uh, from that side was just excellent but I was really impressed with how Rola managed to turn the match around he was able to use the superior power he has especially on the forehand side uh, also played really well behind his serve uh, in sets 2 and 3 obviously since he lost it twice in, in set 1 but uh, only dropped it uh, once more at the beginning of the third set and for in the in the second set he he got an early break and then rolled that advantage all the way to the end it's his first challenger title in two year in two years yes uh, it was in leon 2019 so definitely a big result a big result for both of them uh, Kafcic got a special exempt to the second event in, in split but he actually decided to pull out uh, I think he, it was a left thigh injury but you know probably he was just tired of this week uh, of this of this week's run and Rola is gonna play in Belgrade next this this week but we're gonna get to that a little bit further uh, you know a little bit uh, later uh, as for match of the week I think we're gonna pick it now and I think Kafcic Imer is a very solid pick for that I would be tempted to go for another one uh, from Split, uh, Zhuk Kokinakis, if only it went three sets. I think in terms of level, Kolar Kokinakis and Zhuk Kokinakis were one of the best matches we got on the circuit in a while. Like, you know, the, these were really excellent. Kokinakis, I thought it's gonna be a huge challenge for him to start bringing his best level day in day out. You know, we've seen he has that incredible peak like against Tsitsipas at the Australian Open uh, but I was uh, you know I always thought consistency will be the issue and honestly it's looking great I mean Clay he made the third round at the French Open but I think the, a case could be made that it's still his weakest surface probably well definitely weaker than hard but he scored a great win over last week's Oerash winner Stanek Kolar uh, you know the, the the first set was just as tight as it gets, and he after he got that opening tiebreak win, he really rolled, uh, just ran away with it. And the exact same thing happened in the quarters against Kasper Zhuk, but this time it was Zhuk who claimed a really, you know, just a really tight opening tiebreak. Uh, he played a great couple of points to take it, and then it was him who raced away and Kokinakis got really frustrated there towards the end. But I think it was still a very positive week. Uh, really looking forward to what he's gonna be able to do now that he's finally healthy uh, as for Zhuk whom I also mentioned uh, oh actually I was going to, to talk about the match of the week but then got distracted uh, anyhow Kafchijimer is a very good pick I think both for its uh, for, for, for how important it was uh, for the whole event Kafchij reached the finals after that but also for the just for the whole drama that the that the two players brought Elias uh, Imer he often plays these very intense games and the whole drama of the match uh, you know the, the way the way Kafcic managed to turn it around I think it was the most entertaining uh, one we've got all week while still maintaining uh, you know a, a very good level uh, is there anyone more that I would like to mention from Split? Definitely, uh, well, Kasper Zhuk, 
as you know i'm talking about him almost every week but he's just made his fifth consecutive challenger tour quarterfinal uh, honestly a fantastic achievement it's it's pretty remarkable it, it barely ever happens so that's definitely showing that he can you know he's still behind the the top 200 and still having to play qualies like you're gonna see uh, in split two when we, when we talk about next week's draws so you know definitely hoping he can get that ranking that tiny bit up that will allow him to not to have to worry about getting into events anymore i mean for for example even this week he was actually an alternate into into the main draw so definitely a player that belongs at challenger level you know if you if you reach five quarterfinals in a row if you're going this good then you're definitely going to stay here for you know for at least a while uh, also i mentioned last week that i think indoors is a much better surface for him but he's a, uh, he's a natural on clay we play a lot of a lot of clay court tennis in poland especially in the summer uh, so uh, pretty, I'm really glad he managed to to grab a run on this surface as well, which is perhaps showing that uh, you know the next few the next few months can also be very good for him. Uh, a, a thrown away match, honestly, in the semis. The in the first set he was totally dominating against Kafcic and then just went away. Uh, his level really dipped. It it barely happens to him lately, but it did. But the the one against Kokinakis in the quarters was really just absolutely so clean and hitting through the through the clay in splits with such ease uh, a huge amount of winners uh, for both players in that match uh, and then uh, also maybe Alexander Vukic who was uh, doing really well before the pandemic last year uh, then also had a few good runs uh, for example a quarterfinal in Prosteov where he defeated uh, Lakson and, and Vesely uh, he's not as you know He's usually not recognized for his clay game, as he has a big serve and uh, and just doesn't play a game that's that, that you know that, that that usually works on this kind of surface. But uh, he, for example, defeated Alcaraz in Ron Garros qualies last year, and I think he can keep going. Uh, showed some real good stuff this week, uh, especially coming back against uh, Kimer Kopejans. Uh, we know is a is a great uh, counter puncher so hitting through someone like that definitely shows that Vukic isn't uh, isn't as one-dimensional as many people seem to think uh, we're gonna go to Ayrash now uh, the second edition of the Challenger 50 event uh, and I actually remember talking about Pedro Kacin last uh, last week uh, which it was maybe not a prediction because I just said he's a very underrated clay quarter, but you know it turns out that was pretty right as he managed to win the title this week. Uh, I actually completely didn't remember that he won one six years ago in Seville when he was just nineteen. So you know back then he must have been looking like a like a young talent, yeah, like someone coming out who's gonna just come through challengers maybe and start uh, playing on the main tour soon but it never really happened he actually was out of the top 300 for 17 months 17 months uh, just now so that you know he's i think for for me he's clearly far too good to be playing on the on the idf tour and even this year he's managed to clinch two titles 
he actually played his uh, final opponent Nuno Borges in uh, in an ITF in Antalya in the in January uh, but lost 7-6 7-5 so th this time he got revenge with a 7-6 7-6 scoreline uh, during the week Kachin lost two sets actually one was still in the qualifying campaign against Enrique Rocha uh, that was a 16 year old uh, Portuguese wildcard to the qualies and Rocha gave a really good fight he was he first he defeated Nick Chappell and then he went away 6-4 in the decider to Kachin which as it turns out when you look at the, at the whole week it's actually an even more excellent result because the only person to go get this close to Kachin besides him was Gianmarco Moroni in the quarterfinals so absolutely impressive stuff and definitely a youngster we should look forward to, to seeing more uh, and as for Nuno Borges uh, we've already talked about him on the pod too he was a college player for Mississippi State uh, definitely a, you know, a college standout and right now making his first professional steps it was actually last year when he defeated Damir Zumhur in Lisbon uh, the challenger at Lisbon and he's also been really dominant on the ITF circuit uh, his win rates when you look at 2020 and 2021 are just absolutely absurd and last week he played the, the event in Oirash as well but he actually drew Zdenek Kolar in the opening round and missed a match point he was up 6-2, 6-5 missed a match point and then uh, you know, after that he won just one game and it's actually sadly kind of looking like a trend because in the final against Kachin the first set was actually as, as tight as it gets uh, there wasn't even a single break point between the two they just held all, the, all their service games and Kachin was the ti tiny bit better in the in the tie break uh, he actually had a few great backhand return winners I think Borges should have varied his placement on the second serve a lot more but for 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 reasons you know of co coping with the pressure it actually wasn't as easy it wasn't easy for him and i think it you know that that little bit of doubt he had on the second serve it showed a lot in the in the in, in the pivotal moments and in the second set he led 5-1 for the love on serve and then 5-3-40 love on serve and he actually ended up wasting 8 set points all on serve and 3 of them were double faults so maybe you know, maybe that was kind of an effect of feeling the pressure uh, you know, ju just knowing that Kachin might might go into that shot might, 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 might try to hit, hit a return winner might, might, might try to get an advantage from the, from the very first shot of the rally you know, eight set points on serve is an advantage you just cannot pass up, and you know, soon enough, Borges was he was simply penalized by that uh, for that by Kachin. Uh, Kachin played a great uh, tiebreak once again, as Borges just kept growing more and more frustrated, and that's definitely a hard loss for him. But still, the best result of his life. He's gonna be. 332 in the in the new ATP rankings so going up and uh, as I mentioned before catching catching got back to the top 300 and let's be honest I mean both both catching and Borges really belong there one thing I wanted to say is that the Challenger 50 format this was the third third completed event this year after St. Petersburg and the, you know, then the second uh, then the two events in Oirash 
and honestly I think it's been a great run uh, I mean there are these players that are situated like you know either dominating the ITF tour or just you know low-level challenger players and they just need that tiny bit of help to, to, to succeed to get on a good run and I think the the new format allowed these players to get to get like something like that. Like for example, Gastao Elias, the, the runner-up last week in Oeirash, Zdenek Kolar, Pedro Kacin, Nuno Borges. Even later, uh, earlier in Saint Petersburg, we've had Zizou Bergs, who's since won a, a bigger event, a Challenger 19 Lille, uh, Altuk Celik Bilek. I mean, they're all extremely talented, and they really just need a tiny bit of, you know, just maybe luck maybe maybe just uh, a lesser field to to contend for titles and i think it's great that such a format was represented because there really is a uh, quite a big gap between an itf 15k level especially but even 25k to to challenger 80 so it's great that something in between has been created and i'm really looking forward to to catching more of these events uh, especially as the quality has been really good you really don't feel any you know any sort of difference uh, watching this kind of this kind of uh, matches between between players i don't know these are still players you you, you often see in challengers that there were only a few uh, random maybe sort of names that that showed up here uh, for example but it's mostly portuguese wildcards i mean mo most of these players you 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 are you're watching in challengers anyway so uh and anyone else to mention i think gastao elias did, did really well uh, again the, the the last week's runner-up he went to the semis he actually didn't have to play the quarters against dimitar kuzmanov that was a bit of a bummer because kuzmanov had a brilliant couple of rounds uh, gave just one game to Lucas Midler and then four games to Escobedo. I mean, obviously Hardy Escobedo's favorite surface clay isn't his best, uh, but it was an absurdly impressive performance. That that really isn't. There aren't many players on the Challenger Tour right now who can turn defense into offense better than Kuzmanov, and he showed it both in Zadar two weeks ago when he finished runner-up to Nikola Milojevic, and once again here. So it's really really tough luck that he that he had to withdraw before the quarters because that match against Elias could have been amazing uh, as for upset of the week which I mentioned before I think this is a solid uh, pick that actually you know Jan suggested as I said he was the inventor of the idea to pick an upset of the week I decided to add match of the week and then maybe in the future we can add some different stuff I think player of the week for one will be kind of you know it's always going to be one of the winners or maybe the runner-up so maybe that's that's kind of overkill if you have any other idea just make sure to make sure to tell me we may uh, maybe we can introduce it as well uh, anyhow i think upset of the week it would be solid uh, goncalo oliveira over uh, oscar otte uh, otte obviously hasn't been playing that well but oliveira is well pretty much a double specialist at this point i mean he's one of these players that plays a lot of singles uh you might you might remember that in recent years he was practically playing every week like at least 45 weeks in this uh, in the season even if not singles then just doubles 
uh, he's a much better doubles player than 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 in singles usually and this week he's been doing uh, this week this year he's been doing quite awful i mean uh, he he won a match in delray beach qualies in uh, the, you know in the first week of the season but then on challenger level he was actually uh, winless before the the last event in oirash and when he, where he still uh, still went uh, away really easily to marco trumheliti uh, so this came as a, a huge surprise i mean oliveira has some potential i mean uh, you might remember four years ago in poznan uh, that was when the challenger was still played after wimbledon right now it's before wimbledon between between Roland garros and wimbledon actually second week of Roland garros yeah i think so uh, and uh, oliveira uh, managed to upset Jerzyanowicz in, in in Poland. It was it was quite a quite a big deal back then. Uh, you know, Janowicz was still playing an almost full schedule. That was actually the the last year before he went on that two year break, uh, and it was just uh, a fantastic performance from him. And that was uh, no, no, just a, a huge surprise here uh, that he managed to defeat Ote. Uh, then he went to the semis and even uh, played, uh, even held a five-four lead over Pedro Kacin before the the play had to be uh, delayed uh, to to Sunday because of rain. So Kacin actually played two matches in a row. Uh, it didn't seem to matter much. Uh, maybe when Borges went up in five-one uh, in the second, then I had that, you know, that little thought that maybe Kacin is a bit tired. But that, you know, that didn't turn out to be anything. As as right when Borges faltered, Kachin found the the extra gear, and and dug deep to to get to get back in the fight back in that second set. But Oliveira actually only won one game on uh, on Sunday uh, in the in the in the semis before retiring 0-4 down in the second. So actually, Kachin didn't have to play that much on uh, on Sunday. Uh, maybe worth mentioning that Nuno Borges also won the doubles title. Uh, he's not the the weakest player at the net, but he's also not great yet. So I think it could re playing a lot, playing more doubles. He won with Francisco Cabral, and they really steamrolled through the week. I think playing more doubles can only help him. Uh, he's generally trying to maintain an aggressive style, and I believe. Uh, you know, a transition game and a net game that that the doubles can teach you is only going to be beneficial and definitely a worthy addition to his tennis repertoire. Uh, okay, so I think we're gonna go to next week draws. Uh, maybe we'll start with Belgrade. That's the that's a Challenger 125 event with a really stacked field. Like for example, in the qualies, uh, we've got. Uh, as the second seed, Alessandro Gianessi, who's currently 166th in the ATP rankings, and Andrei Martin, who's the number one seed, is actually just behind the top 100, but that's because he signed up late. And actually, maybe we can start from the qualies because there were some very interesting matches today. Uh, Martin played a you know, nail biter against Marco Tepavac, which was really was a huge surprise. It would have it would have been a huge surprise if Martin went out. Uh, but he somehow managed to climb back into the match and then Alessandro Gianessi, the second seed, also was in real trouble and that's gonna be a player to watch uh, from Serbia, 17-year-old Marco Topo 
he's currently the 28th junior in the world uh, played really well with his forehand I mean Genesi just had to roll back and kind of let him make errors but it was you know it could have turned out really wrong if, if Topo managed to perform his best under pressure so definitely risky business from Genesi to, to just let him dictate a great touch from Topo as well that's that's something that's the, that I really like when a youngster has as it's just you know, most of them just cannot hit a volley to save their lives and Topo the, Topo just had a, a few absolute stunners uh, definitely someone I w- I am going to watch whenever I can when he when he next shows up on anything that is uh, that is streamed and as I said the the field is amazing once again we've got Roberto Carbaez Baena as the top seed it uh, it happened a few times already this year he's gonna be playing Arthur Rinderknecht uh, I mean Rinderknecht is not that good on clay his his style you know that you can expose his backhand his his game. Uh, his all-court game just doesn't work that, that well, but he had a few ITF titles on clay. Uh, he also played uh, Ron, Ron Garros last year in singles. Obviously, got uh, a wild card to that, but I think that's you know that's definitely a banana skin for for Carbaez Banana. It might be, it might be tougher than it looks. Uh, then we've got, as I mentioned before, Blasherola playing with a special exempt here, but he's gonna play start against the qualifier. Also because of the Challenger 50 event in Oeiras, Goncalo Oliveira uh, got in, he's going to play Benjamin Bonzi. Uh, Bonzi is obviously one of the people we've talked about on the po- on this podcast the most. And he's also really good on clay, so, uh, so that's going to be probably too much for Oliveira, especially if he's not fully healthy. Liam Brody against Milojevic is a fantastic first round. Uh, Brandon Nakashima is, is still playing play challengers despite not succeeding but I actually think it's a it's a good career choice it should help him in the future I mean one shouldn't diminish clay courts you know the fact that he's never really you know he didn't grow up on them and he did he doesn't know the surface that well doesn't mean you know if, if you're a, mainly a tour level player which Nakashima is surely aspiring to be soon uh, then clay takes up three months of the year like you know pretty much so you have to play at a decent level to in order just not to waste these three months so i really like that he keeps trying it's only going to be a bit of a challenge to you know to maintain confidence after potentially losing uh, a lot of first rounders but we're gonna see maybe nakashima is gonna surprise uh then a very interesting uh, first round should be Francisco Cerundolo versus Josef Kowalik uh, after the, the final at in the Golden Swing uh, at uh, Concepcion. No, Concepcion was obviously the, the challenger. He was in the finals at uh, Buenos Aires. Uh, Cerundolo kind of slowed down, uh, but it's, uh, just, just, it's, it's going to be just a really high level game, I imagine. Uh, and then we've got Philip Kohlschreiber playing for the first time this year. He actually fell out of the top 100 after over 15 years. Uh, he still hasn't played this year. So, you know, many people are wondering where he was, what he was doing. Uh, he's 37, is he at this point? I think, yeah, 37. 
so definitely at the twilight of his career but I think we still got a, a few more years of watching him we'll see if it's gonna be on, on the tour level or challenger uh, but he's playing Maxim Cressy in the first round Cressy is also playing a lot of clay this year which is kind of surprising but you know, maybe the same idea as, as Nakashima he just doesn't want to waste uh, the few months in the season that, 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 that clay is prevalent uh, is he going to be dangerous to Kohlschreiber? Well, possibly, if, if, if the German is rusty. Uh, you know, Cressy on clay is obviously a very weird sight, but I think he's underrated, sort of. Obviously not, not nearly as effective as his serve and volley game can be on other surfaces, but he's not that bad. You're gonna see if you, if you, tune, it, if you tune into this match. Uh, his serve can always make a make a, a game close. I mean, it's just a huge force, and when he manages to hit that second serve at the same speed as the first, it's just very dangerous to the opponent. Uh, then we've got Orlando, another event in the states. That's gonna be the the second one. Nakashima was actually the defending champion last year, but. You know, is the defending champion from last year, but he decided to stay in Europe. And but we've got some very interesting players anyway. Uh, Steve Johnson is the top seed, so we've got a top 100 player as well. This doesn't have to be an easy first round against Christopher Eubanks, but if he's. Uh, then we also got Jack Sock playing. Uh, he recently went to Europe for Saint Petersburg and Biela. As we know, it wasn't that great. He was also held back by uh, some health issues, but now he's back in the States and I think he has to be looked at as a potential contender for even the title there. I mean, he's just this good and finally playing with, a, with motivation and determination to actually grind through the, through the Challenger Tour or, or uh, not like in that 2019 season where he didn't win a single match. Uh, and some very interesting wildcards here. Actually, all three American wildcards, I think, could do well here. One has a terrible Jovo. Uh, Christian Harrison, uh, the, the one who uh, reached the semis in Delray Beach this year. as, a, as He was ranked 793, I think. 793 back then. Uh, lost to Hubert Hurkacz in Delray Beach, the, the tour-level event. And he's drawn Mackenzie McDonald. A recent Challenger Tour champion in Nur Sultan. Let's not kid ourselves. I mean, this is a terrible draw, but you know, can Harrison do something about it? I mean, Delray Beach happened so many weeks ago, but he's, uh, maybe he's actually managed to get, keep some momentum. I mean, late February there were a couple of uh, clay court events in Naples, uh, green clay, obviously and uh, he, he won one of them and reached the final in another only lost to Clement Tabor and uh, had a few fantastic wins over Bjorn Fratangelo or for example one, one more youngster that we're gonna mention in a sec or Quarantine uh, Denali so you know it's still over a month right now almost a month and a half without playing so really there's no telling if that form from Delray Beach in Naples is going to be around still. Uh, then we've got Alexander Kovacevic. Uh, he's currently a college player for, for the University of Illinois. 
uh, in the first event uh, in the first challenger tour event organized in the states this year he went to the semis so uh, that, that that's someone whom i'm really looking forward to watch once he once he uh, you know graduates and then we've got zayn khan uh, he's 19 great youngster coming from the states recently went to india for a free week uh, Oh, it was it wasn't actually three consecutive some consecutive weeks, but he played three ITF events in India. Uh, that was Pune, Indore, and some other place. Uh, anyhow, he won two of them, uh, and then lost to Oliver Crawford in the final of the third one. But some very some very good wins: Aidan McHugh, uh, Sakev Meneni, Jonathan Reed twice certainly someone you should you know catch a match of uh, he's gonna play a qualifier in the first round uh, so potentially a, a winnable draw but we're gonna see who actually makes it through uh, I don't know if you mentioned this Kovacevic is also playing uh, a qualifier uh, also Jensen Brooksby is playing the, the, the he won Podchevstrom and then was in the final of the first challenger played in the states this year he lost to uh, Bien Fratangelo Fratangelo is, is here as well uh, just to be clear he, he's playing Emilio Gomez in the opening round and then we've got the last event uh, the split open 2 uh, a fairly similar field but there are a lot of players that weren't there uh, Gregor Barrere for example is the top seed but he's actually gonna play Pedro Kacin uh, in the opening round uh, a special exempt from Oeirash will go to split and that's obviously a highlight of the of the first round we've got uh, the you know last week's champion against Gregor Barrere it should be great uh, Tanasi Kokinaki is playing again always a player to watch when he's healthy uh, and right now he finally you know let's not jinx it let's not jinx it but he, he finally seems to be yeah, and as I mentioned before, there's uh, Kasper Jok in the qualies, last week's semi-finalist. Hopefully he can finally get his ranking up to a level where he's not going to need qualies anymore. Uh, Zdenek Kolar is also playing the qualies, also someone that definitely shouldn't be uh, playing them at this level. Uh, both managed easy wins today. Uh, Zhuk played Mili Polichak, who's a 16-year-old uh, Croatian wildcard. Uh, but tomorrow's tomorrow's isn't going to be all that easy for Lamazine or uh, for Juk or Kolar. Uh, Juk is playing Tristan Lamazine, who whom we know has a really great peak level with his forehand, especially his forehand can be a real force when on. And then Kolar is playing Matteo Viola, but these two can definitely be threats in the main draw, especially as there are a few good spots for the qualifiers like. Uh, against uh, Mark Polmans, who's on an awful run, or against Dennis Histomin, who's barely ever a force on clay. Uh, so, anyway, uh, thank you for listening again this week. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, oh, we're gonna have a, a new co-host. Uh, that's gonna be a bit of a trial episode, of course, but I'm, I'm pretty sure everything is gonna work out just fine. So thanks for listening, and see you next week when we're gonna talk about Lando, Split, and Belgrade. Bye.